To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Gavin Gray, UK correspondent with us now. Gavin, so is everybody relieved to see the Queen is okay? Yeah, I think very much so. In fact, I mean, it was a pretty amazing event that she walked into the finale of the Windsor Horse Show. It's an event she absolutely loves. She walked into the finale and got a standing ovation. Uh, And I think that really shows how keen people were to see her and to see her being able to walk to her seat in the castle arena. Um, So, yeah, it was a big night. It's in all the papers this morning, as you can imagine. Um, And it really is, I suppose, that the first occasion that we've seen her for a while out and about looking very well, actually, cheering and smiling um, and uh, and relaxed. The only time she looked sort of upset or downcast was actually when um, uh, one of her grandchildren uh, rode Prince Philip's carriage into the uh, arena. It was, of course, a tribute, but it no doubt made Her Majesty feel very emotional about the loss of uh, Prince Philip. And, um, you know, I I think now we're hopefully going to see more of her as we turn to the Platinum Jubilee celebrations beginning on Thursday, the 2nd of June. Yeah, I'm pleased to hear that. Um, This NATO exercise in Estonia, is this something that we've just arranged now recently or was this long planned? Well, there'd been talk about it for, a, for a, a plan for a long time. I think what's different is the sheer scale of it. So it's taking part in Estonia right on Russia's doorstep over the next two weeks, involving 15,000 troops from 10 countries, including uh, the UK, uh, and also current non-members, Finland and Sweden. Of course, they're applying to become part of NATO, the very opposite of what Vladimir Putin was hoping to achieve by uh, uh, invading Ukraine. Um, so it was planned well before the Russian invasion, but there's no doubt that, uh, that the scale of it, I think, is probably greater than it would have been, and certainly very symbolic. It comes as the UK Ministry of Defence estimates that Russia has lost about a third of its combat troops, so that soldiers who have been killed or injured as well as damaged equipment. And, of course, news that NATO actually thinks now that Ukrainians could actually push the Russian troops all the way back into Russia and win the war. I mean, it is quite extraordinary when you consider, I think many thought this would be a bit of a pushover for Russia and they'd get into Kiev, seize power, depose the president, put in somebody of their own liking uh, and then get out again. But uh, no, one month, uh, sorry, several weeks into the campaign now, Uh, And uh, we're seeing perhaps the opposite. But make no mistake, I'm afraid there's plenty of fighting still left to do. And most experts are saying this war will continue for months, if not years. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, because I never really know when you hear those kinds of comments about, oh, Ukraine could win, whether it is realistic or just sort of um, something of a propaganda campaign. How do you read it? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I think President Zelensky for Ukraine has been amazing at basically saying we could do this, we could do this. And they have shown that they can do it. They stopped Kyiv, the capital, from being uh, overrun by Russian troops. They're now fighting back. It's reported in the east. I think it's also shown, Heather, that the uh, Russian forces simply aren't what we feared they were. In other words, a, a sort of uh, amazingly slick well-run uh, and modernized fighting force. Evidently, uh, that is not the case. Now, let's not get too excited. They do have nuclear weapons, and I think many still think they are a, a terrible threat. 
Um, but I think this idea that uh, the war could be over and won, yeah, it's a long-term aim. They're going to need many, many more weapons. And I think ultimately now more and more people are thinking it's not just the east of Ukraine, the Donbass region, that they need to get out of. It's Crimea as well that they seized eight years ago. Hey, is Switzerland's transplant organs plan actually popular? Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, Switzerland holds lots of referenda over lots of subjects across the year. The latest one suggested that in a vote, 60% of those who voted actually approved a change to how transplants are conducted. So basically, Switzerland has now made everyone a donor unless you expressly object. In most countries here in the UK as well, you have to express your desire to be a donor in order to be considered. So Switzerland split that on its head. Uh, and it is kind of in a bit of a logjam because at the end of last year, 1,400 patients were waiting for transplant organs. It's a country of 8.6 million people. But last year, just 166 people donated their organs. Um, and so consequently, you know, that's a massive shortfall. 1,400 waiting, 166 donating in a country of 8.6 million. And of course, they're saying in that same period, 72 people died. So this is why the referendum was quite popular. There was a lot of lobbying. And those who have not made their wishes clear will be assumed to be in favor, though they have actually added in a line that says relatives can still refuse if they know or suspect the person concerned would have chosen not to donate an organ. But I think in, in uh, other countries, experience has shown that actually, once this law is changed, uh, very few people change the uh, desires of the person involved. Gavin, thank you so much. It's good to chat to you. Gavin Gray, UK correspondent.